Dearest listeners, I decided that I would use my really cool microphone to record our newest podcast, and I didn't understand how much noise it made when I moved. So if you hear some rustling in the background, I sincerely apologize, but this podcast is amazing. It's super good. I think it's one of the best ones that we've done. So you are in for a treat. Please enjoy, and yeah, have fun. So glad you could make it, 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 Hi guys, welcome to another podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Hey, how are you, Daniela? Hi guys. Olga, I loved the episode this week. There was a lot of really cool things that happened. Yes, indeed. What I think that we should do is we should start with our five-minute summary, and then we will come back and talk about the episode. How about that? Sounds perfect. Okay, sounds good. Tuesday. Hey, what took you so long? Welcome to our Blind Spot five-minute summary. This week, Blind Spot season three, episode fifteen: Deductions. We flash back a year ago to Kate getting kidnapped after asking for organic diapers in Spanish in a grocery store. Present day, Keaton is closing Zapata and his case by burning a bag of case evidence like he did in his undercover days. So paranoid. They get a call that a CIA transport plane just crashed in the East River. Jane and Kurt tell Avery that her dad killed someone and Hank Crawford covered it up. Avery doesn't want to hear it or believe it. Reed talks to the U.S. attorney about investigating Hank Crawford. The U.S. attorney says that there isn't enough evidence to open a case even though Reed tells him that Crawford is actively planning something horrible. Crawford is mad that Roman lost Blake and Jean-Paul's son Christophe when they were kidnapped in front of him. When Jean-Paul and Crawford discuss getting their children back, Roman urges them that they need to go get them now instead of wasting time talking about it. Zapata and Keaton talk to Rob Donnelly, the New York station chief. Rob says that the air traffic control guy lost the Navy call just as the pilot was attempting to make an emergency water landing, and he doesn't think that there were any survivors. Zapata sees a Valkyrie International cargo symbol and remembers that there was a tattoo about it on Jane's lower back from Wagner's flight of the Valkyries that Patterson had been working on. <laughs> Keaton that they should get the information in the black box from the plane to solve the tattoo, but Keaton tells her no because it was a CIA plane. Zapata is frustrated because they are already keeping Project Dragonfly a secret from her team, and she doesn't want to keep any more secrets from them. Cade breaks into Jane and Willer's apartment with a gun. Willer and Cade have a standoff. Cade says that he was abducted by the CIA, and his family was taken away from him. He says that he wants the same deal he was promised. Cade then explains he was on a CIA plane that was crashed on purpose so he and three other prisoners could get away, and he is the only one that really knows what is their plan. Keaton doesn't want to give Cade the deal because he thinks he is lying. He said if Cade is telling the truth, the country would go to threat level red because the guys that got away were seriously bad guys. Bad boys, what you want? The team decides it's best to operate as if Cade is telling the truth. The flight manifest comes in and shows that what Cade was saying is true. The things that the bad guys did... Never, never mind, mind, it's, it's bad. bad. It's, it's all very bad. bad. Zapata explains that the Valkyrie tattoo is for Valkyrie International Cargo, which is a CIA front. There is a connection with Hank Crawford because he built the planes and sold them to the CIA. Patterson uses the flight simulator and finds that the plane was hacked, which means that Kate is telling the truth. Blake and Kristoff's kidnapper tell Crawford and John Paul that they want 10 million as ransom. John Paul's guys say that their kids are being held at a nightclub and that they should prepare their men to go get them. Roman tells them that they need to be careful and do it right, or else their kids will die and they will start a gang war. Jane and Kurt explain to Kate that the CIA doesn't want to give him his deal, but if Kate gives information in good faith, he may get something. Kate says that one prisoner got out of his cuffs and killed the escort and then freed everyone else. He says that the prisoners are not just on the run, but are planning an attack in New York that will be happening that night. Roman tells Crawford that John Paul's men are killers and don't care about Blake's life, and he wants to be part of rescuing Blake so that he can make sure that she is safe. Cade finds the FBI deal and gets to see his kid, but the kid isn't too happy seeing him. Avery comes to the NYO and tells Kurt she wants to know exactly what her dad did. Weller says that her father was arrested for murder in Prague, and his name was officially taken off of the record. Jane begs Cade to give the team information about the attack. Cade says that a woman visited him when he was in the CIA black site and said that she would offer him freedom if he went along with the planned plane crash and the attack. The team finds a fourth parachute which was left by the bad guys planning the attack. The fourth parachute turns out to be from the mysterious woman Cade was talking about. The woman hacked the black box in the plane to set a mayday call and jumped out of the plane at the last second. They find that her name was Quinn Bonita, who was a CIA undercover officer. Quinn went rogue because her husband died after the CIA disavowed him when he was captured. The team finds that she is going to attack the CIA at an undercover outpost where Keaton and Rob just went. 
The team searches underneath Quinn, her husband, and Keaton's undercover jobs, and finds that the outpost is at Belmore University. The team saves Keaton and Rob before Quinn kills them, and Roman saves Blake and Kristoff. Zapata is mad that Keaton didn't give Cade his deal. Cade figures out that he won't get the deal and threatens to kill Zapata. Jane shoots Cade to save Zapata. Roman tells Crawford that he killed John Paul's men to protect him from Blake finding out that Crawford was actually the one who set up the kidnapping. Crawford jokes about poisoning Roman. All right. Where is the poison? Reed asks Zapata if she will come back to the FBI, but Zapata feels like she found her calling over on the dark side. That's impossible! And that their decision in both departments aren't wrong, they are just different. Jane, Kurt, and Avery talk. Avery finally breaks down and cries about what her father did, and she thinks that is why her father killed himself. But the final scene shows that her father was shot to death and thrown off a bridge. Woohoo! That's all that we have this week. Thank you so much for watching our Blind Spot 5 Minute Summary of Season 3, Episode 15, Deduction. Tuesday. Hey, what took you so long? Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you liked the five-minute summary. This week we are going to be talking about the episode in different arcs. So we will be talking about the Jane, Kurt, and Avery arc. We'll then go to the Roman Crawford arc. Then we'll talk about the Zapata and Keaton arc. We'll then talk about a little bit about Reed's arc, Patterson, and then Cade. And then we'll be off to spoilers. So we're so excited to talk about this episode. So many cool things to talk about. And we had so many awesome questions from our listeners and from fans. And we just would like to say thank you for your support. Seriously, thank you so much for your questions. They, I read them and they were awesome. Yeah, I can't we wait talked to about them. it yesterday for a couple hours about what we should say and yes. about how cool the questions were. And we're excited to just converse with one another and talk about the episode and about these questions. So I think that we'll start off with the first arc and we're going to talk about Jane, Kurt and Avery and what happened in the episode with them. Annie wrote to us and she asked about why Jane and Kurt were sleeping in their day clothes um, at the beginning of the episode. She wants to know who in the world does that and I didn't see. Were they in jeans? I need to check. I think they were in jeans, but they are FBI agents and they have to be ready. I don't know that they had so, to be that ready. So I think that's the only <laughs> excuse that they have. These people haven't been able to sleep for three seasons, except for like the two year gap. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> they had a dinner with Avery. I think they had time to take a shower and and change their clothes. Okay. Exactly. So Courtney asked us over Twitter, why haven't the writers or Kurt focused on the trauma that Jane went through during the CIA black site in season two? That would change a person. And I have to agree. When season two played out, especially in the first episode and what we saw, what Jane went through, everybody was talking about how they wanted a scene where Kurt and Jane would finally open up and talk about what happened to her. And I waited with fans for a whole season to finally have that talk and it never happened. It feels like an empty hole. There's kind of an empty feeling of something that we needed to see and we needed to see talked about and it never was. And so I do understand that, Courtney. Yeah, I get it too. We never got that answer to see how she felt. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole therapy part to get it all out hey i went through this i went through that okay we did see kurt he almost killed keaton just because he did what he did to jane that is not like letting out her feelings or anything just him wanting to get revenge no and then we had that one scene with just kurt and jane in season two where jane's so mad that kurt did a job beforehand and he didn't tell her finally they have this conversation and kurt's like yeah i almost killed the guy because he hurt you and Jane's like oh okay that's thank you and it's just like um yeah I mean okay yeah like thank you I was like thank you but we need to talk this all out yeah we just gotta thank you and then it was all pushed underneath the rug and I feel like all the problems in blind spot are pushed underneath the rug like, for example, Kurt realizing that the whole Taylor Shaw thing and pushing it underneath the rug. And then we had in season two, Jane got captured by the CIA and tortured and that was pushed underneath the rug. Now in season three, where Jane cheated on Kurt and that got pushed underneath the rug. I kind of was frustrated as well when they brought up Jane saying 
Raise your hand if you've ever been held, held and tortured in a CIA black site. Yes, I love that part. I really, really love that part. I was like, yes, finally get it out, honey. Yeah, and but we only had like a sad side glance from Kurt and then nothing else. And it's just like, can we please talk about that arc? Please, can we just talk about it? Have these characters talk about what happened, how it affected them. And then we can move on. I think the only um, thing that we got from like a glimpse of the past was in this season, episode one, when Reed and Zapata was mad at each other mm -hmm. that Patterson said, Stop already. This, this isn't, isn't about to save and you both know it. You're, you're mad because she left for the CIA and you're mad because he ghosted, ghosted when you did. Guys. It was different after Weller and Jane left. We all felt it and we all dealt with it in our own way. You're not angry with each other. You missed each other. And that was, I think that's the only thing that they got off their chest. And it wasn't because, you know, it was a therapy time. They got it off their chest because Patterson was blunt enough to just say, look, you're mad because of this, 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 and that. And he's mad because of this, 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 and that. Like, we all missed each other. I know I missed you guys. I think that's the only time that I can remember that they didn't, like, push something under the rug. If these characters really need to grow, they finally need to have these in-depth conversations. And we are not getting that. Because I get it. This show is action, drama. We're not getting that drama part of it. Yeah, we're getting the and drama, but we're getting it from weird ways. That, that don't exactly matter sometimes. Yeah, we're getting them from, I have a secret daughter, and then we're having drama from, I cheated on you, and then we're having drama from, Kurt had a daughter, had a daughter, and we're having like these dramatic things happening to this, these characters, but nothing with substance. And we need characters actually have a problem that happens with them but they finally talk it out they have resolutions and they grow from that and then they don't go back into the loop where they they're constantly lying and cheating on each other and i exactly. think i think there's two problems with the characters in blind spot they're either lying to each other or they push their emotions underneath the rug and why give us something and then just like leave it at blah, you know, we want more. You're not giving us exactly what we need. And I like the storylines of the mystery and of the puzzle solving. And Oh, yeah, that's that, perfect. Yeah, that figuring out bit by bit every episode that makes this magnificent puzzle. I absolutely love exactly. that part. Instead of bringing in all these stuff to just add drama, we really need... We need consistency. We we need problems with these characters' lives being talked about instead of pushed underneath the rug. So, at Good 4 wrote us, and she said that she loved how Jane and Kurt seemed like real parents this episode. And that actually was really cool. I really... Yes. When Weller gets teary-eyed, I get teary-eyed and I tell myself, Stop it! Don't, don't cry! <laughs> a reflex when somebody cries I start crying and I'm just like stop it stop crying <laughs> I've cried so many times oh my during God, that television to me all the time. but when something's really good that it hits me in my heart uh -huh. I start crying too <laughs> it's like, stop I don't want to cry yeah it's like trying to you're yelling at your tear ducts and you're like don't you dare don't you dare <laughs> but yeah <Yep. laughs> so I get you yeah the whole Kurt, oh, it was really funny to me how Kurt was like, Uh, no. Definitely not. Seriously? I grew up in Europe. Right. So, do you see the Eiffel Tower there? He's a stickler for rules. That was good. Jay knows her husband, and she's like, Yeah, even I go through this. Like, yeah. Don't worry. And the way that they were talking, like, if nothing had ever happened, was kind of awesome too. I still don't trust Avery though. No, I don't. I don't. I, I don't. mean. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Oh, and by mm. the way, um, side note, I saw a lot of people commenting how Jane finally referred to Kurt as her husband. He's my husband now. Yes! 
Okay. Yes. Yes. I was like, I literally said in front of my TV and said, finally, she said, I am married to him now. Yes. And he was like, well, good for you. Where's your husband? By the way, I've, I've seen a lot of comments too. We need to see the scene where Kurt proposes to Jane. Where is that scene? Yes. I need that scene. Why tell us that they got engaged in Venice and then they're not going to show us? Yes, come on. Why show people. us the wedding without a proposal? Okay, so I really like where Weller talked about his relationship with his father. My father wasn't my father, father was he? Maybe he was exactly who I thought he was. Either way, I had to know the truth. So I really liked how Weller, Weller was able to take his experience and then applying it to Avery's experience. And I also really liked that there was a parallel between that and that he was able to get closer to Avery with what happened to him and finally applying it to her. And he finally took that thing that he put underneath the rug in season one and he finally brought it out so that means that he finally changed the rug then if he brought it out <laughs> he finally just grabbed like one problem out of the rug the, there's like a mountain underneath that rug just that's true though that's one true. at a time one at a time but i feel like that they had this father-daughter conversation you could tell that kurt is really trying to help jane with her daughter and i like that kurt's trying to have a relationship with avery he loves his wife he knows that avery is a part of his wife exactly and that's just like jane loves baby bethany i think they pretty they pretty much have that down to a t Mm -hmm. when it comes to loving like that side of each other Mm -hmm. so i think that that's awesome that they understand each other in that in that sense and I liked in the last scene the quote that Jane said Families can do terrible, selfish things and still love each other. I think that's pretty much how Blind Spot is. They call themselves family, they say that they're family, but they keep on doing selfish things to each other, but they love each other and, and they would give their life for each other. Like Reed said, in season two episode nine you really need to get over yourself i've been in this since the day jane crawled out of that bag we all have (laughs) we're a team teams live and die for each other like they're supposed to we've seen this in all of the characters where they do terribly selfish things but they still love each other and that is true there was another quote when Kurt was talking to Avery that I liked as well. All we have is the truth. Even when it hurts. Liked this because I think that Kurt is finally realizing not to sweep the problems underneath the rug or to lie, but the important thing is to tell the truth, especially the problem that he had with Jane this season where he didn't tell Jane that he killed Avery in order to protect her but then he's had that realization through the season three that that was a stupid thing to do that you don't hide the secrets but you need to tell the truth I really believe that the characters are finally realizing that truth is the most important Um, I just pulled up something that I wrote about the Roman and Jane arc. Roman and Jane finally broke up. They had that whole climax at the end where Roman finally realized that Jane lied to him and he left her because of that. And so I wrote this. I'm just going to only read a little bit, but this is what I wrote. Um, It's kind of set in like Roman's point of view. And it says... Thought I should never lie. Thought I could tell the truth. It's not just good and evil that they say in your youth. Everyone has two sides and one you'll never see. Even the best people can be your enemies. So what can I believe? I can't trust what I see. It has come to the point that I can't even trust me. No love is one thing, but trust is another. You can still love someone, but lie to a brother. Um, I'm sorry. Is there more? Uh, no, is there I- more? I want more. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like three pages long. That was good. Yeah. I wrote this other part where um, trust is shown with acts and never with words. Trust is always seen but never heard. 
Look at my lips. I speak what I've seen. Look at my scars. You'll see what I mean. Trust is not easy, even harder for me. I don't do blind trust, not even for your pity. I don't care if you laugh. I don't care if you judge. I don't care if you smirk or even hold a grudge. Have you seen what I've seen? Things that were never just. Maybe you'd understand what I say about trust. So that's kind of what I have figured out. (laughs) But I kind of wrote it in Roman's point of view point of view that's amazing yeah so that's amazing but it's really true that if you really love somebody then you shouldn't lie but you should tell the truth and there's another part this one's what i really like right here you say i can have faith trust what i can't see you'll say i'll be happy but you know i don't agree you know what can i do my whole life is a lie lies that i have told and lies I have to buy so I'm sorry I'm sorry I can't be what I'm not I know you'll still try but trust can't be bought know that in my mind trust out does love trust has substance love you get rid of and so I really feel like trust it has the substance but love you can get rid of and you can tell somebody until you're blue in the face that you love them but you can't really tell somebody until you're blue in the face that you trust them trust is something deeper than love and i really feel like and i really feel like these people need to understand that yeah you can love somebody they're still family but in order to have that higher degree of a relationship You need to be able to trust them and they need to be able to trust you. It doesn't work out if you don't trust each other. That's how a lot of marriages fall apart. That's how a lot of friendships fall apart is it's not because there's a lack of love, but there's because there's a lack of trust. Yes, 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 yes. All I can say is you could tell when someone's trustworthy Mm -hmm. and when someone's not and if you don't demonstrate that you're trustworthy, don't ask for for trust when you're not even giving it. I felt like there was something missing with like the relationships with these characters. And it's not that love is missing, that love is there, but trust is missing. I mean, Everybody... you can love someone to bits and pieces, but if you don't trust them, it's like you're not doing nothing. Uh-huh. And I think that these characters kind of trust each other but they're not to the point where they can trust each other completely everybody has a secret and when you're lying you can't fully give yourself to somebody else and when somebody else is lying to you you can't trust them completely and so exactly and sadly if you trust them completely but the other person is is lying Mm -hmm. we're just gonna get what happened to patterson Mm -hmm. she trusted him wholeheartedly mm-hmm. she was blinded by love mm-hmm. and and trust and she thought that he was real that his feelings towards her mm-hmm. were were real and they were just to get information and the other thing was and she said you destroyed me uh-huh you you destroyed me you have to know i am sorry i did this to you no you don't get to apologize. It, it's like saying, I trusted you, mm-hmm. but you let me down to a point where you just destroyed me. These characters can't be in a relationship, especially talking about Patterson, is because she gave her trust to especially Borden, and that was broken. And it, it's harder to put yourself back together after you've trusted somebody, that's harder than putting yourself back together because you've loved somebody. Because the love never goes away, but the trust can be broken, and that's even deeper. Yes, yes, yes. That is completely true. It's not like if, like if someone dies, like in again Patterson's case, mm-hmm. that David was killed, mm-hmm. and she loved him so much, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like the same suffering. As when she got betrayed by Borden. They had built a relationship on trust and that whole relationship was a lie. And the same thing with Blake and Roman. Roman. I, I believe that Roman loves Blake and he... Um, I believe that too. Yeah, but I don't think that he can have that deeper connection with Blake until he finally is able to be honest with her. And yeah. Um, I'm not sure if Blake has that complete trust 
in Roman because I don't know if she's hiding anything. But anyway, he loves Blake. Yeah. But but you can never have a deep connection with somebody if you're lying to them. And that's all what Blind Spot is about. Is that we see these beautiful relationships going on in this series, but we can never as fans or as these characters can finally feel that that thirst deep and hunger. Connection. Yeah, there's a thirst and hunger from that that deep connection because they don't have it because they're always constantly lying to somebody. And when you're lying to somebody, there's no trust. Trust is the cornerstone of our work here. Trust from the people, trust in each other. It was kind of interesting to see how we saw that Avery's dad actually died. So he didn't commit suicide like everybody thought he did. But he actually was shot and killed and then thrown off a bridge. So I want to know who actually killed Avery's dad was it Crawford or was it Roman who actually killed him and I want to know how that plays into the storyline because it has to play out somehow oh my god if that was Roman uh-huh. that would devastate this girl but there has to be Avery. yeah I think that we talked about it um, in our first episode we were saying that for Roman to make his plan come all together, he has to figure out how to place each puzzle piece together. There has to be some connection. Either it's amazing how everything fits into place or that Roman made it fit into place or he killed her. My question is, mm-hmm. how is it that Crawford funded Sandstorm but Crawford didn't know about Jane and Weller, um, Jane and, and Roman? I don't know. Because they were practically like the heart of Sandstorm. Yeah, I kind of kind of find that really weird. And I think that he probably knows that Roman is Roman. And I think that maybe Blake and Crawford are playing him. I'm not sure. Either they're like completely clueless or that they know. But nobody can be that rich and clueless. Or like, that rich, rich, evil and clueless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there has to be. I'm pretty sure... Like we were saying, it's blind spot and everybody has a secret. So I'm thinking that Crawford and Blake probably have secrets as well. And they actually might know that it's Roman. Now, Courtney gave another question and it's kind of off topic, but I thought it would be fun to ask. She asks, does Rich really want Jane and Kurt's relationship to work? And I just have two words. Heck yes. Can I say mine? Yes. Hell yes. Fixing <laughs> <laughs> yours. Fixing <laughs> your yes. answer. Hell yes. <laughs> but yeah. he, I mean, ever since episode nine of season one, he knew actually that they had a connection. Oh yeah. Rich is the biggest yeah. jeller shipper there is. So I mean, I think way before us. Yeah, way before us. Okay, guys, we are going exactly. to um go into the Roman and Crawford arc. We have one question from Susan, and she asks, does Roman know Borden is alive and or are they working together? And that's a really good question. I actually haven't ever thought about that. But um, Me neither. But if Roman did the tattoos and if Borden is Project Dragonfly, then Roman definitely knows that Borden is alive. But I don't know if he's working with him or not. That's a good question. Plus, I would love to see a scene where Roman and Borden are together. Yeah. Then Susan also asks, what is Roman's plan and how is it going? I have no clue what Roman's plan is. I wish I knew what was his plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we were talking about this yesterday, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken. And I think we literally spended like 20 minutes trying to figure out what could, what his plan could be. Mm-hmm. But we got nowhere. No, we, we didn't get and, anywhere. No. And, and seriously... um. We know he has an end game, but I don't know. One of his end games is to make Jane suffer. How does Crawford play into this? Sadly, we do not know. No, we don't. So we were talking and we wanted to bring up in this podcast that Roman telling Crawford that he loves Blake, but we were kind of talking back and forth and we were wondering if these feelings were real. And I think that he does like Blake, and I think that he didn't want to love Blake, but he kind of fell in love with her. And I think that's pretty much it. 
I don't think there's anything else to say about that. No. I think he thought it was easy to play with love um, without him figuring out that he was going to really fall in love. That just goes in with Roman being so scared for Blake in this episode and actually taking an ap- it upon him to rescue her personally. So he knew that it was done correct. Yeah, he's falling head over heels for this girl. I don't know if you guys remember the scene where he got so worried that they were going to pick Kristoff over Blake, his eyes got watery. He tried to hold it in, but we saw those tears. So he does have feelings for her. Can we just say how Uh creepy Crawford was in this episode, joking about poisoning Roman? Now you know my secret, which means you have to die. Yeah, but don't worry, I'm not going to stab you like I did Victor. That poison that you're drinking, it'll do just fine. Your face. Daniela, we have to talk to them about what we talked about yesterday. <laughs> okay, you Our feelings. Them. Us screaming at the TV. (laughs) Okay. Well, my part was, um, Roman, do not drink it. No, no, no. Do not drink drink it. it. No, no. After he drank, I was like, damn it. (laughs) I was like, damn it. You drank it. Then Crawford comes and says, it has poison and whatever. That face that Roman did, I swear, I felt my heart stop. I was like, no. Like, don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't die. So, so now, Daniela, please tell them your experience. Crawford poured the the drink for Roman, and I was just staring at my TV and like, don't you drink it. Don't you drink it. And he drinks it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he drank it. It must, it's poisoned, Roman. It's poisoned. And then Crawford says it's poisoned. And I'm like, no. I'm like, they're going to kill Roman off. Please don't kill Roman off. And then Crawford joked about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that it wasn't poisoned. But that was like this creepiest joke ever done. Like, don't ever joke around with, with Roman like that. Yeah. Oh. I was like, do you not know that Roman does not like joking? <laughs> so good. Okay, now we're going to move on to the Zapata and Keaton arc. Now, was it just me, or did it seem that Zapata and Keaton were flirting at the beginning of that episode? Like the whole, oh yeah, that's boring. It sounded like she was flirting mm-hmm. with Reed. It was like, you know how Reed and her oh, always yes. it have these exactly conversations? Like that. It sounded like they're flirting. Uh-huh. And I was like, uh, okay, she's using the same techniques with Keaton as she was using with um with Reed. Yeah. And I'm just, and I was just telling myself question. Please. He did say something about my family, la 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 la. Keaton is married with a kid. So I was just telling myself, please don't be another story arc of adultery. Please just leave the story arc alone. I do not want to see Keaton and Zapata because together. I it's already never... gross. Don't add to it. No. No. <laughs> I'd rather see I'd rather see Zapata either with Patterson uh-huh. or with Reed. Yes. But not with Keaton. No, let's just skip that. Please don't add another ship into all the, my other ships. Please. I already <laughs> exactly. we already have enough ships in this I mean, thing. what could the let's joke around with this with this ship. What could it be? No, I'm not even going to joke around. Don't you dare name the ship. Don't you dare name it. I will turn it down. I do not approve of any ship name. This is not going to be a ship. Don't you dare even build it. No, don't you dare even build the ship. Okay, I won't. I won't. No. Anyway, my ship sucks. No. Any ship? No. No, listen to me. No. (laughs) You sound like a cat. I did enjoy I did enjoy however the Zapata and Keaton were finally talking at the end. He could have run. He could have just saved himself. Sandstorm operatives are detained indefinitely. Full stop. By that logic, Jane should be locked up too. Jane was locked up. 
Jane escaped, and Jane had friends in high places. <laughs> Which is true, because Jane did have friends yeah. in high places. Weller, even though friends that Friends and a boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> that Weller, wasn't, Weller wasn't, like, with Jane at that time, but he was head over heels, and he, he didn't... Exactly. And so Jane did have ha- friends in high places, and it's kind of sad to see that... Um, people... I mean, even in the, even in the NSA, she even has someone in the NSA to to help her out. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. she did. Mm-hmm. And then there was also the line: "This isn't right." There is no right. It's just how it is. In everybody's position, in either the FBI or in the CIA or in the NSA, they think that they are right. Or what they're yeah. choosing is for the greater good, and it may not be right. There's just how it is. When Zapata was talking to Hirsch a couple episodes ago, and she was saying, um, The line isn't fixed. The more you push it, the more it moves. And it's true, mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard for both the characters, especially Zapata being in the CIA, where they do push the line a lot more is when is it good to push that line for the greater good and when are you pushing it too far? And I think that in these situations, you can't categorize something in black or white. So it's really hard for her to make the decisions about what's wrong or right. And it's harder for her to swallow that pill. And I was exactly. and I was watching this episode in season one where Jane was saying, You don't think good people ever do terrible things? I think terrible people do terrible things. And the good people stop them. Zapata has such a black and white way of thinking. Point of view. Yeah, she has a black and white point of view. And it's really hard for her in the CIA when they're pushing the line further and further to say, okay, is this wrong or is this right? Because problems aren't in black and white. I think she kind of understands it, but she still doubts it i remember in season three episode one Mm -hmm. they had a unlock a safe Mm -hmm. and reed was saying we can't help this i mean it's actually stock embassy safe so it's on the easier side of crackable i'm talking about protocol patterson we're officers of the united states government we don't negotiate with terrorists period you've got to stop saying things so black and white actually i don't do you want a moral victory, or do you want to get us out of here? Because if we don't open this, they're going to put us down. Like she kind of understands it in some cases, but in others, she's like, if I was in the FBI, I couldn't do this. Yeah. You ever think about coming back to the FBI? Sometimes. Then I feel like I found my calling over on the dark side. Yeah, but at what cost? Earlier today, you told me do whatever it takes. That's what Keaton does. He makes a hard decision so everybody else doesn't have to. Yeah, but they're bad decisions. No, they're just different. And they don't believe in Keaton's way. But I do. That's why I left. And I know, I feel like this is wrong, but she still has to go with it because she's not, she's not FBI anymore. She is CIA. Uh-huh. So, I feel like she still understands it, but she does, she doesn't, she still doubts it. She still has her, her doubts about it. Yeah. At Shepherds asks from Twitter, how do we feel about Keaton now? I don't know how I feel about Keaton. I don't have like super good feelings about him, but I do understand that he thinks that he's on the right. He's like the love and hate person of the show. Yeah, he right is. Now. When was holding them captured and that she was going to kill him, I froze when that was about to happen. Yeah. And when Zapata killed her, I was so glad. And then, like, I think seconds later, I read where Martin Giro had, had tweeted, no, don't do it, he's one of us now. Oh, and that yeah. kept me thinking, like, he's one of us now. How how do you say he's one of us now? Because he's he wants to help out or something? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I think I figured out something. So, you know, the titles of this season spell out one of us will give her life if martin is saying if martin is saying that keaton is one of us now does that mean that keaton died we never even thought of that (laughs) 
Right. So if he puts it out there that he's one of us, then does that mean that so we can cut out that Keaton is going to die? Oh, my gosh. That's who it's going to be. Because Roman is probably staying. Nobody wants to kill off Roman. Nobody's going to kill off Jane Kurt or um, Patterson or Zapata. So if Keaton is one of us then Keaton is the one that dies. He could probably be the... Yes. And, uh, okay, it is going to be and that bad makes because, me happy. you know... No, that makes he, me happy. It's like I said, he's... No, 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 no. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me... Hear me out. Fine, it's kind of sad. <laughs> it's kind of sad because, I mean, he is, like, one of the love and hate characters. Mm-hmm. So it will be kind of sad that he went, that he he died. But at the same time, I'll be like, yay! Yes! Someone else on the team! <laughs> that would make me super happy so, because everybody is freaking out, and I've been freaking out that they're going to kill off Roman or they're going to kill off somebody else of the team. So, but so this, I but they're going to kill off. I gave you the answer to. <laughs> but Martin, but Martin, Actually, Martin saying, gave us the answer, but I gave you the answer because you did not know that. <laughs> Yeah, but Martin saying that, that he's one of us, that's really triggers me that, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad yeah, that because you found why that. Why would he say that? Why would he say that? And it not be nothing. No, it's something. Keaton's going to die. And he's one of us now, which means that he's going to die. Oh, my gosh, that makes me so happy. I've been so scared. <laughs> so you heard it here, people. You heard it here so first. You're so scared. Okay, let's move on. Thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah. So Annie gave us um, a couple other questions. One, will Zapata go undercover? And two, is Cade really dead? So no, I don't think Cade died. He got shot in his shoulders almost. I don't think that he died. Maybe he's not dead. Mm-hmm. But maybe... He lost a lot of blood that he was in conscience. Yeah, he's not dead. I did like her first question. She asks, will Zapata go undercover? And there was a lot of like clues about Keaton talking about his undercover days and that he went undercover because he had no one. And I think in the end of the season, Zapata will think about going undercover because she doesn't have anybody because Reed will be getting married and she's going to want to kind of run away, run away from well, her feelings, push is. this. Yeah. She's always trying to run away from her feelings. That's nothing new, though. Moving to Reed's storyline, there was some good thoughts that we had. So I liked Reed worrying about Zapata's life, and I kind of liked to see that Zapata is important to Reed, but we already knew that. But I wonder if that <laughs> brought up feelings and emotions from that. But... I think that these two characters have shoved those romantic feelings so much underneath the rug that you can't even see them anymore. Yeah. Well, Zapata, she's recently kicked them under. Although she said that she was going to think about talking to Reed, telling him about her feelings. I really doubt she's going to do it. If Megan and Reed really get married, mm-hmm. I think they will never bring up the subject again. No. Obviously. No. Unless they want to do another... Don't give me another cheating arc. These people, either no, we no, do no. Zapata and Reed or we don't. Because I do not want to see another cheating arc. So, moving to Patterson, we really liked... That's, That's our, our whole thing. thing. We, we hide, hide stuff. stuff. Well, well lucky, lucky for, for us, I find, find stuff. Patterson is the person that knows what is right. And Zapata and Reed and even Jane and Kurt have problems about figuring out where the line is, which we were talking about. But Patterson knows exactly where the line is. And she's she's a straight shooter. And we know that Weller is too, but Patterson has it. Patterson is like person. the moral compass yes. of them all. Yes, preach, preach. Without Patterson, there is no blind spot. No. I mean, without Jane's tattoo, there's no blind spot. But I'm saying without Patterson and her moral compass, there will not be no... FBI team. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you very we much. We love Patterson. Yes. Before we go to Cade, uh-huh. we cannot talk about Zapata's mic drop moment. Oh, tell us, tell us. I would be thrilled to find out my spouse was a terrorist. I'm heading to the office, see if I can expedite the red tape and get them on the plane. Cool. 
I don't know, secret airline you can use. I was clapping so hard in front of the TV. I was like, yes, yes. I can just imagine yes, you clapping. clapping. Thank you. You know me so well. <laughs> I do. I do. Okay. So moving to Cade, was that even Cade's son? Which was a good question that was brought up. Was that even my son? And, you know, I don't know. Was that even his son? Exactly. They're dealing with the CIA and and Keith Keith not wanting to give him the deal. Mm-hmm. It just like triggers it more. Yeah. Like, was that really my son? No. And I don't you know, know. Now that I think of it, now that I think of it, I doubt it was his son. Yeah. I think they just wanted to give him someone so he could just give out the information. Yeah. The other thing is like his husband not wanting to see him. I mean, at some point it could be true because if he if he married someone under a, a fake alias and never told his husband that he was a known terrorist, mm-hmm. I think I would understand his husband mm-hmm. because he didn't marry the person he thought he married. Yeah. But the thing that I did like about when Cade's um, son was brought in is that Jane covered his hands with a jacket. So Cade's yes. son wouldn't be scared. And that was a really sweet moment. And I really liked that. Even with everything yes, playing out with Cade's son not wanting to see him, that was a real moment where you could see Jane's real character. And I liked that. Well, on that sad note, we're going to play a little bit of music and then we're going to talk about some spoilers. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. So glad you could make it, 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 All right. Tuesday. What took you so long? Welcome back, everyone. It's time for spoilers. How do you feel about spoilers, Daniela? Well, I always like them, so. Yes, give them to me, please. This Friday, episode 316 is a CAI source threatens to tear the team apart. Rich, Rich is placed in the FBI, is called into questioning. Roman and Crawford spend a day together under strange circumstances. Well, that gives us nothing. <laughs> that gives us, gives us totally nothing. But it does scares me about Rich. About Rich's face. Yeah, I'm scared. I mean, like, like, don't take Rich away from us. We love Rich. No. No. I mean, okay, has anyone counted how many episodes he has been in this season? Because I remember... Uh, Martin saying that he was going to be eight episodes. No, Will this ten. Be his he's going to be in ten. Is- no, he's going to be in ten episodes. At least ten, ten they episodes? were saying. They were, he said at least ten. So he's going to be in a lot more. Oh, I thought it was more. eight. Oh my no. god, I'm so sorry. I thought no, it was eight. No, at least ten. Do not take those two episodes away. We, I like Rich. No. I love Rich. I mean, hello. Yeah. <laughs> um... Another mini spoiler is, and I say mini because I think we already know this. Yes, we already uh, know. You, you Quayle, a, a Roach yeah. will be back, aka boarded. Woohoo! So, so surprised. Oh, I need, I need to know why he's still alive. I need to know, <laughs> uh, it's like, is he really Project Dragonfly? I think so, but, you know, you never know. And how do you think Patterson is going to feel? Well, she's going to feel betrayed. And she's not going <laughs> to... No. Yeah, her trust was already broken once. Imagine it being broken by, like, somebody that she truly loves. Like, she truly loves Zapata. And it's going exactly. to be so hard I- for her to know that she was lying to her about especially about her killer boyfriend so there's these photos that were um posted today by tv line mm-hmm. where zapata mm-hmm. avery jane doe and kurt weller go undercover and roman to... and roman was undercover too they all meet up this this episode but but was he undercover though? Because yeah, he was they have Crawford. a no. They have a photo with Jane and Roman together, talking, and but, they're both undercover. 
I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Because it could be them clashing in a very sophisticated way. I don't or... know. I don't know what's going on. But um, I think that they all meet up at a gala. And I think that they're going to try, try to take down, start trying to take down Crawford. I really think that the yeah, 17 Yeah, I've read is... that. I've read that. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't know if Roman is also on. Well, the whole... Yeah, I think he is. I, I think I could, I, I could, I could believe you on that. That he is there undercover mm-hmm. because his whole idea of this takedown of this of this attack, if, if if I may say, to take down Crawford was Roman's idea. Mm-hmm. The only thing that he just needed was the FBI's help to take him down because he couldn't do it alone. Yeah. Now that I think of it, he always needed his sister. Yeah, yeah, okay, he was trying to hurt her and whatever, but he always needed, he always wanted that help from her. He wouldn't have tattooed Jane if he didn't need her help. And so Roman does have a need for the FBI team to help him in order to take down Crawford. Because Crawford was even worse than his mom, which is hard to say, but that's kind of all what I think blind spot is going to be, and I think that this will play into redemption arc in season four for Roman, and then that they can start working together. That's what I hope for. But we, we all hope. Oh my God, you said that, and all my hair just—I just got goosebumps. I <laughs> when you said like redemption for him in season four. My God, preach it, woman. I know. Preach I, it. I preach it all the time. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's all that we have for you, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are so grateful for your support. And we will talk to you next week. Adios. Yes. Bye. We love you. Bye-bye. Just a heads up. If you guys have a question for us, you can email us at blessthismessthepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at blessthismess4. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it and have a wonderful day. Don't forget to subscribe. Adios. So glad you could make it, 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 make it